Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That's right. We're back here on the block with you here on a Tuesday with you. Two to four weekdays here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You've heard a lot of us. Another guy you heard a lot of uh, over the summer, voice of the Kansas City Royals, Jake Eisenberg. Lucky enough to join us here on the Allo VIP line, uh, presenting you with exceptional service with local heart. Jake, I'm not going to lie. You'd be my pick for American League Rookie of the Year if you were in the running. How'd you feel your first year in the booth? What? How was it? <laughs> Oh, that's very kind. No, it was it was a really, really fun year, and everybody here welcomed me so warmly to Kansas City and to the Royal broadcast teams on radio and TV. It was it was truly a dream come true. And, you know, you look at a record, and obviously it's not what you want. You want way more wins than losses, and uh, that's unfortunately not what happened this year. But within all of those games, there are still moments to be excited about and things to enjoy. And I think we had a, a really good time with all 162 games that we were presented. When you look at some of those moments, what are some of those that stand out to you, whether it's at home, on the road, player moments? What are some of those from year one in the bigs for you? I mean, just in terms of, you know, the main highlights from this season, I think Bobby Wood Jr. hitting a walk-off grand slam has to be pretty up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's definitely the one that I think will stick out, not just for this season, but for, for a very, very long time uh, in Kansas City. I think Samad Taylor's uh, first career game and his first hit being a walk-off hit, that was a pretty cool moment. As well, I mean, there were so many walk-offs. There were a couple of balk-offs, even. Uh, there were some walk-off squeeze bunts. And, you know, Danny and I talked about a lot on the air. The squeeze is one of our favorite plays. So seeing those happen a couple of times is a lot of fun, too. Let's start with Bobby Witt Jr. You brought him up. He's, to me, the story of the Royals this year. Started off a little slow, batted ball data, looked okay. You thought he was on the ball, just needed the luck to turn. And it did. Bobby Witt Jr., superstar, is here. What was it like going to the park and watching that guy every day? I mean, to be honest, Austin, it was kind of similar to what we saw in Omaha in 2021, where he came up and joined the Storm Chasers. It was mid-July, and it was kind of something special and different and, dare I say, spectacular every single day uh, at Warner Park. I mean, I remember his first or second AAA game where he hit an inside-the-park home run, and he was making diving plays at shortstop and then was beating out 
infield grounders to the right side for base hits. And, you know, while it was a slow start, and in part, and Bobby wouldn't say this, but I will, I think that part of it is, you know, due to the World Baseball Classic and a slightly different spring training than he might have been used to or might have needed in terms of the number of bats he got with Team USA versus what he would have had uh, with the Royals in surprise. I think once he got his feet underneath him, and I think we kind of saw it happen in late May, early June, uh, he flipped the switch and became one of the best players in baseball down the stretch of the season. Defensively, too, that was a big concern last year. It seemed kind of out of the blue that he had some issues. You talked about Bobby the player, especially offensively, but the work ethic that, work ethic that went into improving defensively, what does that say about Bobby Wood Jr. as the face of the franchise? I think he says it a lot. And to be honest, Austin, I think there's a tendency for people to either tune out what he's saying or just kind of brush past it as player cliche speak, you know, nuclear type, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. But when you hear Bobby talk about, you know, the team or himself, which he is loath to do, he will always say it's just about getting better every day, putting the team in position to win every day. And that's something that he truly believes and truly goes after. And I think he looked at his defense performance last season and knew that he was better than what those metrics were saying. And, Look, not for nothing, and here's where I'll inject some of my opinion into too. And when he was playing shortstop at the big league level last year in 2022, he was just three years away from fielding high school ground balls True. that are not coming off the bat nearly as hard uh, and in much smaller ballparks and not nearly as much pressure. And I think, you know, that he might have had a tendency to try to do too much and try to move a little bit too quickly. And so, you know, when you took a look literally at his glove this season, he had the word simple embroidered on the back of his glove. And I think that reminded him that he's got all the talent in the world. He doesn't need to rush. He can take it, you know, literally one step at a time and make all of those routine plays and also the the spectacular ones. Sticking on the left side of that infield, Michael Garcia might get some down ballot uh, AL Rookie of the Year love. He seemed like Mr. Steady, Mr. Consistent. Seemed like he, you know, got a hit to start every game, had the long on base streak, elite defensive third baseman playing there for the first time. What do you make of Michael Garcia's debut? Well, I think it was nothing short of a resounding success. I think that the Royals have known what Michael Garcia is capable of for a long time. I remember hearing his name back when he was playing in Low A, Columbia a couple of years ago, heck, even before that, when he was with the Burlington Royals uh, before that. I, I can't remember exactly who it was that first mentioned his name to me, but there was some podcast that we did in Omaha, and his name got brought up as somebody to kind of keep an eye on moving forward. So I think the question was, okay, where does he fit? And we actually saw him in center field, I think, for about 10 seconds in spring training. But once he got called up to the Royals this year and became the everyday third baseman, his defensive ability was never really in question. It was just how he was going to transition to third base for a guy who played 10 games at third base in his entire minor league career. For him to come up and be arguably one of the best defensive third basemen in baseball uh, is nothing short of incredible. And then offensively, Austin, I think he nailed it on the head. He was really steady, especially once he became entrenched in the top of the lineup. I think in part having Bobby Wood Jr. hitting behind you certainly helps. But, you know, Alex Zumwalt raved about his backpack and how consistent it was and how that helps him stay in the zone and, you know, really use the opposite field. You know, we see those singles punch through the right side and those doubles punch through the right center field gap all the time. And I think if there's anything that you want a little bit more of, it's maybe a little bit more slug and you know it's there because we've seen it in the minor leagues and, Keep in mind, he's 23 years old. You know, when he starts to get bigger and become more of an adult and puts on some weight and starts swinging the bat with a little bit more thump, those, those extra base hits, those home runs are going to come. But 
you know, as far as being a leadoff hitter goes, he is exactly uh, what the Royals could have hoped for this year and more. I'm glad you brought up uh, him at the leadoff spot, Bobby Witt Jr. hitting second. The guy that puts the lineup together, Matt Quattrero, in his first year in Kansas City. Uh, what do you make of Matt Quattrero, how, how he handled the locker room and the clubhouse in year one, how he settled into that lineup and the job he did? You'd be hard-pressed to find a better person for that job than Matt Quattrero. And I think it was evident by some things he said today in the, the if you want to call it, end-of-season press conference and also kind of what he's been preaching since the beginning of spring training. There, there are a few things that stick out to me of what Matt Quattrero preaches, and one of them is how thin the margins are in Major League Baseball between winning and losing, how the smallest fundamental plays, how the, the situational hit here or – the, the pitch selection there can really make a difference between winning and losing. Heck, you look at some of the playoff teams, Austin, and I'd be curious to look at their one loss record in one run games and two run games. And I think what you'd see is that a lot of those teams did really, really well in close games. And the Royals were pretty good in one run games, not as much in two run games. If you want to look at just two examples, the Padres were awful in close mm-hmm. games this year. The Marlins were the best team in baseball in close games this year. Which team made the playoffs? And so, we see, we saw evidence of those margins being really, really thin. And then the second thing that he consistently preached is that every day is a new day. What happened yesterday does not impact today, past, you know, injuries and, and what have you. What happens today does not necessarily impact tomorrow. And he really preached uh, an every day is new, every day is different, every day is a chance to win or lose or get better mentality that I think the Royals clubhouse finally took hold of in the second half of the season and used it to their advantage the rest of the way and when you are going through struggles and even when you're not having that mentality of every day is going to be different every day is a chance to win every day is a chance to get better what happened yesterday doesn't impact today they even wore shirts that said today i think that steady presence that even feel presence was really really important uh for a royals team that was gaining experience uh with every waking day we're chatting with voice of the Royals, Jake Eisenberg, here on our Allo VIP line. Let's talk some pitching here, Jake. The the headliners coming into the year were uh, Brady Singer. Uh, again, another guy didn't get a lot of innings in the World Baseball Classic after a great 2022, kind of up and down in 2023. But Game 162 went to the Wiley vet, Zach Greinke, back in Kansas City for the second year. What was that moment like seeing Zach get the ball to start Game 162 and get the ovation as he walked off? I mean, it was, it was chills, you know, and I think even though Zach Greinke wasn't necessarily the Zach Greinke we saw when he won a Cy Young in 2009, he's still Zach Greinke. And there is, there is a sense of, <laughs> I don't really know how to describe it, a sense of awe, I think, when you are watching somebody that you know is going to make a speech at Cooperstown. You know, if he decides to retire, he'll be making that speech at Cooperstown in about five years. If he decides to keep going, it'll be five years from whenever he retires. And so, there is a sense of awe that you get every time he takes them out, every time he hits some new milestone, whether it's striking out a 1,000th different batter or picking up a 225th career win. And, you know, watching that battery of Zach Granke and Salvador Perez, two of the best players the Royals have had on their team in the last couple of decades, I would say, probably mm-hmm. the two best players you've had on the team since George Bett retired. Uh, I mean, that's a really special thing. So seeing that moment 
uh, for Granky on Sunday and seeing the way that the Coffin Stadium crowd. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Embraced him and seeing the way that he acknowledged the crowd. Uh, that's something that, that I'll never forget. And on top of that, I think it was, it was really cool watching him uh, with his son during the game, kind of on that railing, just hanging out with them and, and soaking in that moment with them too. That's Zach Greinke. Uh Cole Reagans, definitely the story of the second half. Uh, J.J. Piccolo, the Royals front office, target him in the uh, World of Chapman trade. They send him to Texas, get Cole Reagans back. He develops a slider. So, Jake, talk about Cole Reagans, what he did in August, but also maybe the role that uh, Brian Sweeney and Zach Bove had in helping him get there. Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought that up. I mean, for starters, uh, he was nothing short of the best pitcher in the American League in August. Quite literally, he was the least pitcher of the month. You can make an argument that he was the best pitcher in all of baseball for the duration of the month of August. And he was one of the best pitchers in baseball for the entirety of the second half of the season. And I think before you talk about the impact that Brian Sweeney and Zach Bove and Mitch Setter and the entire pitching group had on Cole Reagan, you have to go back to J.J. Piccolo and his staff targeting Aroldis Chapman as somebody that they could not only bring to Kansas City, but that they could ostensibly fix and return to the Aroldis Chapman that we've seen dominate back end of the bullpen for the last 10 years now in Major League Baseball. So identifying Chapman as somebody that you could make better and then seeing the, seeing the possibility of trading him to a contending team and getting back something that is truly valuable, first that takes ingenuity from the front office and some risk-taking to be willing to put some money into Aroldis Chapman and say, hey, we think we can – make him better. We know that there are some issues both on and off the field, but we're going to be able to make him better. And by the way, he was fantastic in the clubhouse here in Kansas City by all reports, and he's been great in Texas uh, by all reports as well. Um, so credit to JJ and his staff for identifying Chapman first and foremost. Then Brian Sweeney, the pitching staff for fixing a role as Chapman. Then back to the front office for flipping a role as Chapman and getting Cole Reagans, a guy who had a tremendous VLO bump over the course of the last offseason, despite a couple of Tommy John surgeries. And then the Royals saying, hey, we got him. We're not settling for just having him here and seeing what happens. We're going to make him better almost immediately. He had one start with the Royals, then went back to AAA, added that slider, came back up, and was absolutely filthy. So this, if you want to look at a microcosm of how the Royals are better today than they were a year ago, I think look no further than the processes that led to Chapman becoming a Royal and then ultimately the trade that led to Cole Reagans becoming a Royal and the processes that helped Cole Reagans become a future ace. That's the, the starting rotation look at it there. Moving to the bullpen, they're, they're no HDH yet. I don't put that pressure on them. But John McMillan, Carlos Hernandez, James MacArthur, three guys that definitely had moments of success. Hernandez, you know, at the trade deadline, looked like he was pitching himself into becoming quite a haul for the Royals, uh, was up and down. But then McMillan, before he got injured, was Nails and MacArthur. I mean, that's closer material right there. Do you think the Royals' bullpen can take a step forward behind those three guys next year? I mean, to be honest, Austin, I think the bullpen has to take a step forward, and that was one of the main things that J.J. Piccolo said today, that they need to get better in the bullpen. I don't think they're content with the players that they have, and to be honest, you look at the numbers and you look at the performance and you see 
50 blown lead losses, and frankly, they, they shouldn't be. You know, if the team is going to win, especially on the margins, it's going to be with a strong bullpen like they had in 2015 when they had HBH and they won the World Series. I think James McCarthy finished the season as strong as any pitcher in all of baseball. He was the Royals pitcher of the month for September and October and didn't allow a run from September 1st on to the rest of the season. Uh, John McMillan looks great. We only saw a little bit of him before he went down uh, with that forearm injury. So how he comes back and how he progresses, you know, eight outings from now, that's a bit of a question mark. But you hope that it's something that can be sustainable. Uh, as far as Carlos Hernandez, that's a really big question mark because he was fantastic up to the trade deadline. But once August 1st hit, the wheels kind of fell off the bus again. And it's can you get a full season of what we saw from Carlos Hernandez pre-trade deadline because after the trade deadline, it became harder and harder to rely on him in those high-leverage spots that they really wanted to rely on him in. And then, you know, you throw in a, the mix of a couple other names. You know, Steven Cruz, uh, who in flashes looked pretty dominant. Uh, Dylan Coleman, still a question mark. He's got the stuff. Can he put it together like he did in 2022? Uh, did he figure some things out in the back half of, uh, 2023 that he's going to be able to take into the offseason, but he's a guy that they were counting on entering that season that didn't really have the season that he was expecting. We saw Taylor Clark have spurts where he was downright unhittable, and then spurts where he was very hittable, but he's a veteran presence in that bullpen, and I think one that is very important that they need to have. Um, and so what I, would, I would expect all of those pieces to be back in some form or fashion, and I would very much expect the Royals to add to that bullpen uh, with both some veterans and some high upside minor league free agents that they think they can turn into some back-end high leverage guys like they did with James MacArthur. Last thing I got for you then, Jake, every team deals with some health concerns and injuries throughout the course of the season. Chris Bubich was on fire through his first couple starts. He goes down. Daniel Lynch, uh, some health issues again. And Vinny Pasquantino lost early in the season. What's the outlook for those three guys? Yeah, I'll start specifically with the starting pitching, and I'll reference something that J.J. Piccolo said today, that for the most part, there are three rotation spots that they've got a pretty good idea about with Jordan Lyles, Brady Singer, and Cole Reagan. After that, it's question marks. And that's, you know, one of the unfortunate parts of injury. But in this quote-unquote evaluation season, it was the time to evaluate what Chris Bubich is able to do, what Daniel Lynch is able to do. And those two combined for only 12 starts. And Bubich looked great in his three starts. And Daniel Lynch looked really, really good in most of his starts, but looks shaky in others. But unfortunately, there's not a very big body of work there for you to be able to say, yeah, we're putting their name in the rotation in 10. So they're going to have to compete for a spot. We'll see Chris Bubich back hopefully sooner rather than later. It depends on when he comes back fully uh, from Tommy John surgery. We'll see Daniel Lynch hopefully fully healthy in spring training. And I still think the world of Daniel Lynch as both a pitcher and as a person, I think he's got a tremendous feeling with the stuff that he has. And if he puts it together... I think that could be a big, big benefit to the Royals starting rotation. But then you also think about Alec Marsh and Angel Serpa and Jonathan Boland and Anthony Viniziano, and I think the Royals have some really interesting options uh, when it comes to the rotation. As far as Vinny Pasquantino is concerned, uh, fully expecting to be healthy at the start of spring training, fully expecting to be right back uh, where he left off as a dynamic and major offensive force in the middle of the Royals lineup, uh, playing an increasingly better first base. I think his improvements defensively were kind of underrated this year because it wasn't a big part of the story with Vinny's play, but he did make strides defensively. And I think offensively, the Royals really, really missed having his bat in the middle of the lineup. It's Jake Eisenberg, voice of the Kansas City Royals, with us here on our Allo VIP line. Jake, your Maryland Terrapins do play in Lincoln, so if you want to make a visit, there's a spot for you here at 93.7 The Ticket. 
I, I very well may take you up on that. I got to check out the calendar, but uh, I still have not been to a game at Memorial Stadium, despite having lived in Omaha for two years. Uh, that's the one box I didn't check. So once the Terps come to town, if I can make that happen, I think that's gonna I think that's gonna be something I do. Excellent. We'll uh, see if we can make that happen. Thanks for the time, Jake. Really appreciate it. Of course, Austin. Thanks so much. There he is, Jake Eisenberg, again, the voice of the Kansas City Royals with us on our Allo VIP line, Allo Fiber, bringing you exceptional service with local heart. 56 and 106, it's kind of hard to spin that strike. Yeah. Uh, 106 losses is a lot, but I appreciate Jake's insight and me and his first year on the call. I think the first year the tickets had baseball, the team didn't make the playoffs. Can't mm-hmm. pin that on Jake necessarily, but as a Royals fan, I'm still excited for the future. I- I'm not beaten down. Maybe I should be, but here I am. <laughs> I mean... There's been other teams that have had those that type of a season, you know, the year before. Who who was like it the last Orioles, year? Who Orioles lost, it in, lost 102, 100 games in like 100, yeah. 128 like I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's teams that have done even the Rangers last year um or well in 2021, 102 loss. Yeah. And so it can be done. It, 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 again, you've got to you know, if your budget's going to be low, you've got to figure it out how to make the right trades, how to acquire the right assets, how to use your minor league system, and you, you just got to hit. You've got to hit on some of those marks in order for it to happen. Um, if you want to go back and play, I would I would gladly, oh, gladly offer your services up to the Royals to hit boy. some dingers. I saw that I saw that BP strike. No, you still got it. I, I mean, I, I can still, but oh, hundred some games. No, I'm what, what is it? 180 games? 162. Yeah, that that every day. Actually. You can play every other day. That's 81. Uh, That's an NBA season. I, I could, I could, <laughs> um, I, that DH action. Ooh, there you go. That would be something that might be, uh, that big poppy action. Here's the thing <laughs> you can DH, so you're not playing every day. You can platoon. I can still run, though. Still in bases at oh, I don't know a new high. Strictly, I'm just would saying. That, be a, that would be like a freaking, that had to be a record. Because I what Ricky Henderson was probably the oldest to oh, do it. Oh, Ricky, yeah, Ricky probably. Probably in his forties. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably. straight go be an MLB record holder, and then for the Kansas City Royals, if they, if they threw twice over, I'm out. You're I'm going. He <laughs> <You> going. <laughs> what a day! Oh, what a day! Awesome. Well, great stuff, man. That's that's great insight from uh, Mr. Eisenberg there. Hopefully, he can't get out here to see a game at Memorial Stadium, and hopefully, uh, we'll be able to put a good product on for him against the uh, Terrapins. That's the hope. November 11th, they'll see if we can get Jake out here for that. We'll step aside, wrap up Hour 1 of On the Block in just a sec. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers... Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.